God. <clears throat> I appreciate the golf clap. I don't know if that's like, I don't know how to, ta- I don't really know how to take that, <clears throat> but I'm not going to be offended. I'm, I want to go to heaven. I want you to go to heaven. <laughs> right. Y'all, I, I'm sure y'all are still dealing with the fact that Pastor Wright's not in, uh, not here. And uh, that's kind of what threw you off there. Praise God. So, regardless of whether you love me, I love you. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Well, the Lord is good, isn't he? <clears throat> Amen. I uh, have been asked uh, to uh, cover some additional topics concerning uh, altar and uh, spiritual ministry. So that's what we're going to attempt to do here tonight with the help of the Lord. Amen. Just trying to see who all's on the front row here. Get all my targets in line. Okay. Praise the Lord. Well, I feel good. God is doing, he's doing wonderful. No, that's all right. We'll just, regardless of where you go, you, you know, I got you beamed in now. <laughs> There's nowhere you can go that you can escape. I guess you could go home, but uh, praise the Lord. Let's just love the Lord for a moment. If you would, thank you, Jesus. Let's just kind of shake the day off if we can. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, we give you this time. Father, let there be a free flow of your spirit. God, we submit our minds and our hearts to the workings of your spirit. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Father, let your will be done in this place, God, in this every heart and every mind, every individual, God, let your will be done in this church at Antioch, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, come on, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah, come on, if you're comfortable, just, if you don't know what to pray, if you're comfortable, just let the Holy Ghost flow through you for a moment, okay? Father, prepare our hearts and our minds to receive revelation. God, to intake your word that it would profit us, that it would profit your people. Let it be mixed with faith, Lord, that your kingdom would be advanced. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, that feels a little better. Let's go a little farther. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, flow, Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. 
Handololo kosiandololo koshata mananas. Haramondolola kiarabakala la ma kanda ha. Isandololo koshata ramanda kala la bakuna. Handololo bosiatanas. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's give him some praise right now if you would. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, that feels a little better. Haramondo koshata talalala bokosiatana. Iabokondololo kosianda lalahatanana. Father, there's no one like you, Jesus. No one like you. There's none beside you. There's none above you. There's none like you, Lord. You alone are God. You are the only true and wise God. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. God bless you. You can be seated. Thank you for indulging me. I'd like to um, take our uh, launching text. Now, let me tell you what, so that everybody's got the same expectation. Let me tell you what I've done here. Uh, and what I felt like that the Lord wanted to do is that <clears throat> in addition to uh, people emailing me about notes, whatever, and so just so no one is offended, Sister Gross, I have not emailed anyone notes, okay? Praise the Lord. So maybe that's why you were not clapping more because you emailed me and I didn't respond. <laughs> uh, and let me tell you why. Let me tell you one of the reasons, or the main reason that I have not, and that is the Lord told me not to. And um, so we're just going to be right there until he says, okay. Uh, so what I have done tonight is that in many of those requ requests that came for those uh, notes from the two sessions that I did, there were also questions uh, that people asked specifically in uh, those emails. And so I've sampled uh, what I think should be probably maybe about an hour's uh, worth of material here uh, to answer some of these uh, questions that have been submitted. So that's what, I've, that's what I've come with tonight. Praise the Lord. So if you had questions, uh, Brother McGuckin, and you didn't ask him in that email that you sent me, you just, right now, you start contemplating that and the Holy Ghost will you know, maybe there'll be a little bit more that's drawn out. <laughs> At least smile. Y'all look like y'all have had a bad day. <laughs> Was Sam's bad, Sister Evans? Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. She, Sister Evans looks pretty good. She's doing all right. Some of y'all like, where's Pastor Wright? So... <clears throat> Uh, what I want to do is I want to talk, uh, I want to take text tonight as uh, just a launching scripture of this from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And in this is, uh, you know, we've talked about spiritual ministry, the process uh, of, uh, of revelation in our life, the process of fire, uh, and the process of the altar. And uh, in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 14, what you'll find is, is basically the culmination 
of what happens when you have an altar in your own life and what God does in, in you and through you. So beginning at uh, verse uh, or chapter 14, verse 1, uh, Paul says, Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaketh an unknown tongue uh, speaketh not unto man, but unto God, for no man understandeth him, howbeit in the spirit he speaketh mysteries. But he that prophesies speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself, but he that prophesieth edifieth the church. I would that you all spake with tongues, but rather that you prophesied, for greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Now, brethren, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? <laughs> except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge, or by prophesying, or by doctrine. So when we build an altar, and when we have an active altar in our own lives, what happens is, is that we get to a point where that God is working on us, and then he can work through us to be able to minister to other people. When that, when that happens, there are four, uh, if you would just leave that last verse up there, uh, verse number six, there are four basic ways in which the Holy Ghost or the Spirit of God moves through us to be able to minister, right? And uh, those basic ways are uh, either by revelation or by knowledge or pro- by prophesying or by doctrine. And <clears throat> we, we talked a little bit about the fact that there is there is no that I can find in Scripture. Now, if anybody has scripture and can help uh, instruct me, please, do. I'm a student of the word, I don't know everything, uh, I'm learning myself, but the best that I can tell, there is no place in scripture where it mentions the gift of laying on of hands. Anybody help me? By your silence, I presume that my concordance search was correct. However, there is... Uh, one place in Scripture that it talks about the doctrine of laying on of hands. And what that basically is, we covered this, but that is, that is the teaching that there is a flow that occurs when you lay hands on someone, that there is an impartation that occurs whenever you lay hands on someone. Now, because you are the doctrine of laying on of hands, it's an under it's a it's an underlying truth that is the basic fundamental doctrine of Christ. So, in other words, if you'll find this uh, in Hebrews, is where it's listed out. Does anybody, everybody in here, uh, believe in repentance? Praise God! Everybody in here believe in faith towards God. Amen. And and we can go. I can go through the list, and everybody will be, you know, just excited to raise your hand. And then I'll come back into the middle of the list and say, "Hey, do you believe in the doctrine of laying on of hands?" And probably about half the people here would go, "Well, sorta. I believe it for Pastor Barr, but not necessarily for me, right?" And so in this doctrine of in this doctrine of laying on of hands and the flow 
of doctrine and the flow of knowledge that people get mixed up that there that that as a part of these four things that there is the that in that is the laying on of hands that is not correct the laying on of hands is the is the flow is the methodology the movement whereby the spirit of god moves through you that in one of these things now if i'm if if you've got revelation that's going on that's foretelling or or that is that is knowledge that you shouldn't have that god has said hey xyz and uh in general i will tell you that something like that generally sounds like uh i'll just give an example of uh of something that that flowed through uh me one time is that there was a uh a young girl i say a young girl she was married <laughs> that uh in a, in a place far far not here Okay, we're going to protect everybody here. And uh, she had come to the altar and was praying. And all of a sudden, I just was on the platform looking. And all of a sudden, I saw her in front of a mirror, which I assumed was her bathroom. And she was accusing, I heard her say, "I I am fat. I am not thin enough. Now, that's information that I shouldn't have, right? There's no way that I could have uh, had. So I walked over to her in a very discreet manner. We'll talk about this in just a second, uh, uh, how to be discreet. And I said, hey, I, I don't know what you know exactly all of this means, but let me tell you what the Lord is showing me. The Lord is showing me you standing in front of your in front of your uh, mirror what I think is probably your bathroom and you are accusing yourself because you're comparing yourself to this world and you're accusing yourself of not being skinny enough of not being pretty enough etc and about that time brother boy when I got to that point she just crumpled now because she crumpled that's not that's not how I knew that it was God right now, later on, she told me, she came up to me, and she said, thank you so much for praying for me. And the end of that was, is that the Lord told her that we, that we are not to compare ourselves to, other, to what this world is, but the thing that we are to compare ourselves to is the Word of God. That is the mirror that we look into and see what our, we get our worth from, right? Now, the end of that was, was that she said, I... I have been doing that, and I have been cutting myself, and I have been, I don't know exactly what the word is, but basically throwing my food up, right? That she ha- And God healed her of all of those things in that interaction because that was a flow of revelation. There was absolutely no way that I could have known that, that she was doing. It was, it was the Spirit of God flowing through that. Now, I tell that story because I'm old, and it's uh, I'm 25 years removed from that. Right? Uh, this this young lady is old now. She's probably 45 or whatever. She remains nameless. Well, I'm sorry. She's young. Boy, I messed up there, didn't I? Let's all pause and pray. Let's lift our hands. <clears throat> Lord, we give you all of this offense. <laughs> <clears throat> 
45 gets younger and younger, I promise you, every day. So the spirit of revelation is one flow here. Now, the spirit of knowledge is something that you just know, and we covered that, that, we, that man is uh, three parts, the trichotomy of man, that we are body, soul, and spirit. And the way the Holy Ghost works is the Holy Ghost works on the inside between our body, uh, between our soul and our spirit, and then what's on the inside is manifested into our flesh. And so when you see people, and they, they will not pray out loud, there's a number of things that they won't do. You, you can have knowledge, not because you're reading someone, but because, again, you are comparing what, they are, what you are seeing. You are comparing what you are looking at to the Word of God. And, and everything that we talked about uh, that was a certain posture that they did or not, I think I probably gave Scripture as to the effect of when you see this, the Bible says that he's the lifter of much. So when you see someone, right, everybody remember that? Or give me a good Baptist head nod. Thank you. You can be seated. <clears throat> and so uh, when, when the spirit, when the flow of knowledge is moving uh, through you, it, it moves, but you're do, but basically the same thing is going on is that you're saying, this is what I'm seeing. This is what the word of God says. And now I want you to believe with me. Will you believe that God will do X, Y, Z when I lay my hands on your forehead? That is the laying of hand, on of hands. I want you to believe with me that God's going to do this. Praise God. So there were a couple of questions. Uh, that I got trying to what I felt like fit the doctrine of laying on of hands in this or or the uh, or the methodology of laying on of hands and the laying on of hands is not uh, a flow laying on of hands is a point of faith it is a point of impartation God is going to do xyz when I lay my hands on my forehead, do, will you believe that with me? Yes. Okay, let's pray. And then you begin to pray. Praise God. Does that make sense? <clears throat> Glory. So whether it's, by, whether it's by revelation, whether it's by prophesying, whether it's by doctrine, <clears throat> uh, all of these flows flow through us to where the, the thing that we are doing when we are ministering is we are assessing the situation by one of these methods. We know the Word of God. That's why that we have to have an altar in our life so that we know the Word of God, so that we know what the Word of God says, because this is truth. Can I get an amen? It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what your day was like. It doesn't matter, how, it doesn't matter if you had a fight on the way here to church with your spouse, with your loved one. This book is truth. And so what we do is, is that because we've ingested this truth into us, whenever we minister, we are bringing them to the place of, re of revelation of where they believe this book. They believe the Word of God. And that is the true gift of faith that is flowing through us, is that we take uh, someone from point A where they have no faith, we use the Word of God to be able to take them to point B where they do have faith in what the Bible says. Amen. Praise God. Isn't that wonderful? All right. <clears throat> well, i got to move fast. That went a lot longer than what I thought. 
Okay. Question number one. I guess this got out of order. There we go. Question number one. Um, I made the uh, statement uh, about whenever Pastor Wright, and everybody knows the signal of when he's done preaching, right? It's when they, when the musicians come, that's it. But when he closes both his iPad and his Bible, the plane is landing. You can have hope that you're going to make the restaurant. <clears throat> and so we talked about points of faith of when that's happening in a church service that what we, what we should be doing whenever he makes an appeal and says something to the effect of these altars are open, that what we're going to do is we're going to be the first ones down to the altar. You guys help me here, right? Can you all be examples? You all are both dressed nice. It'll be fine. Who wants, to, who wants to be the visitor and who wants to be the church person? You can be the visitor. All right. So we're standing up. Pastor Wright's closed both of his, his Bible and his iPad. We're all... We've got all our hands stacked of what's going on, right? <clears throat> and he says, and these altars are open. And the question is, is that, that I got, is that if I have a guest, how do I do that? How do I, how do I go? How do I express faith? And the answer is, is that if you're here and you're, you, you've got a guest that you've brought, there's one simple question. And the way that you say this is, is that you turn to him and say, hey, I feel like I need to go pray. Do you want to come with me? This is your cue. Sure. Then, and then they both, now, okay, let's go. Yeah, right. And so now you've done exactly, you've made a step of faith, but then you've also gotten your, your guest to come forward. Now, let me give you some really good advice. Whenever you come down here and you're the member, don't immediately, you know, <laughs> jump on him and start trying to hog time or whatever. Give, get, give him a little time. <laughs> and what you should probably do is start by you praying. Just asking God, hey, God, give me wisdom here. Give me direction. Tell me, the, I, I want my voice to be an echo of your voice, right? So you don't immediately jump, and then you can figure out, you can hear somebody praying next to you. So you can almost always know where to start. If you can't hear them praying, you've got a faith problem. Remember, there are three things of, of what people hold back. There's understanding, unbelief, and unforgiveness. And if you can't hear them praying out loud, they've got a faith issue. And so immediately... What you're doing right now is you're allowing the Holy Ghost to begin to lead you and guide you while you're praying. And then once you got that direction, hey, okay, then you can palm their head like a basketball. Now, he said yes. Now, you guys come back. Come on, come on, come on. I got, I got to, you got to hurry. Come on, come on, come on. All right. You want to go? Stand up your guest here, man. All right. So you ask him. I, 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 I feel like I need to go pray. No, no, I'm fine here. So this guy, you, then you get and come up here, right? And you've done the same thing. 
Now, Brother Barr, come help me real quick. Whoop. Now, so th- those of us that are in leadership, guess what, Brother Lewis, now we see. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, come on. You're spry. You're a young 45. So th- the, th- those of us that are around, that are looking, Brother Lewis, what do we immediately know? We immediately know that John's guest has said, no, I don't want to go to the altar and pray. Right? So now I know that there's a, and and he knows that there's a faith issue or an understanding issue with him. Amen. So now we come down and it's round two, Rocky. Hey, man. Good to have you here. I just feel like it'd be okay if we prayed with you. Would you like to pray? Sure. Uh, sure. Yeah, okay. Right. And then you have the opportunity to pray with him. But what you're doing is, is remember we talked about, I, I think we talked about that faith is not a destination. But you've, you've got to know the steps. And it's not always a successful step to go from A all the way over to here. By faith, sometimes it is the will of God for someone just to come and get exposed and feel the presence of God. And and this is not this is not failure when they say, "Oh, I don't want to go." I you know I don't feel I'm mm-mm. no. I think it was Brother Barr that was talking about he somebody that he had taught a Bible study to or prayed like ten fifteen years later they got the Holy Ghost. Well, 10, 15 years was not failure. <laughs> no, it was just timing. And what, you, what you've got to understand, boy, I feel the Holy Ghost all of a sudden. What you've got to understand is, is what you see here is not failure. What you see here is timing of the seed that has been put in him. Amen. So, uh, well, while we're here, we'll just talk about one other thing, right? So... We'll, we'll say that uh, now you need the Holy Ghost, right? <clears throat> you, you've been a member long enough. Jacob, come on, come on. All right, so one of the things that, that, uh, that was asked is, is where sh- <laughs> this is so fundamental, but it's a great question. When I'm praying for someone, Sister Gross, they want to know, where should I stand? Right? I, I did reply, I did hit reply and type and said you should stand on their shoulders and then I just hit delete, 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 delete. They probably don't know my sense of humor. It's not a good thing here, right? So let me give let me let me let's talk about for just a second about where you should stand. Now remember we talked about the places of where that you naturally and everybody always now I saw it back here with someone that were praying and everybody there was eight people they were stacked up it looked like a a pyramid all the way back and everybody had everybody I'm like my god that's a burden bunch of people <laughs> because everybody's on one shoulder or the next shoulder or whatever well look we can make fun of that I mean you but but the seriousness of it is is that's what's on the inside of you and if your first inclination is to do that, 
and to do this and that. Well, you're carrying around a burden yourself. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so, uh, we're going to cut these guys. They're praying for, right? And so you, let's assume that the Holy Ghost said, Hey, he's got a burden and you, you know, naturally you got and you're going to give him the other. So this is the apostolic back rub. That's the Pentecostal back rub, right? <clears throat> but at some point, somebody's going to have to come around here in a place of authority. Not, not a place of, not a place of burden bearing and peer, right? So when whoever that is that's bold enough to come around here, the first thing that you should understand is, is where do I stand? A good rule of thumb is to take your shoulder and line that up with their nose. One of your shoulders. Doesn't matter which. Why do you do that? Anybody? What's that? Talk in their ear? Let me ask you, if he's all up on him like this, and somebody in leadership's coming by and going, you got to work, you know, I, I feel a little something here. Well, I got to get him out of the way before the Lord can, can yeah. say something. So what you're doing is, is that it is, it is a, 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 and I've taught this over the years, you are aligning yourself in a submitted position. Because what I'm doing is I'm making space for someone as a team to be able to get in there. In addition to that, if you've got stank breath, you, okay, good, praise the Lord. If you've got stank breath, you are at least offset and maybe the Spirit of God <laughs> can, can raise up a, Raise up a hedge in between his nostrils and what's coming out as you're praying, right? But that is not the reason that of this, of getting like this. The reason that you get like this is so that someone, and it doesn't have to be leadership, but someone can come alongside and go, hey, I think, you know, and you've, everybody's gotten the tap, right? You know what that is? Everybody's got that? And, and then, because, I know you've gotten it because that's what I do. <laughs> tap, tap, and then and then you you don't have to, if you're all up, hugged up, whatever. You don't have to get. There's a little spot where I can just lightly tap and come in and begin to minister. So it's very important for us to be able to align ourselves and position ourselves to where that when we are burden bearing. Right? That, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm absolutely nothing wrong with that. It's, it's biblical. I'm, I am not making fun of that much. But I am making fun of the pyramid that we formed back there. <clears throat> but when you're, when you're bird, when you're praying for someone's burden, that's biblical that that's what you're going to do. But at some point, there's got to be a place, a point of faith where that there's, there is a flow of revelation, knowledge, prophesying, or doctrine. And if you follow the, if somebody give me the next verse right there, the way that that works is 14 and 7. Uh, and even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp. So what happens is, is when there is a flow, there is a sound. There is something that comes out of your mouth and is imparted unto them. 
Praise God. Amen. That's good right there. Uh, well, I tell you what, while we're here, we'll just, you, you three guys look like y'all are uh, doing well with that, so we'll just have a little out of order thing here. Yeah, y'all come back up. Y'all, y'all are going to earn your keep tonight. So we're going to talk about real quick, always and never, always and never at the altar. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> so first thing is, if we, let's just say that, let's say you need the Holy Ghost this time, right? You need God. You're burden bearing again. Oh, no, okay. You're going to, oh, no, come on. You come on authority then, and you're burden bearing, right? Praise the Lord. Let, let's not do that. We're going to talk about that. So let's <laughs> never lay hands or touch someone in an appropriate position. And uh, here's, a, here's a good rule of thumb. Uh, if you're outside of this building, let me, Brother McGuckian, you know, you're a businessman, right? Outside of this building, you, you meet a lot of people in the public. Stand up, right? You ever go up to somebody and go, hey, man, how you doing? You doing all right? How's, how's the family? Uh, how's, the, how, how's the business going? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. <laughs> On the East Coast, uh, I mean, well, in South Arkansas, you might end up with lead poisoning. <laughs> so, when you're, when you're praying for someone, right? Yeah, you're praying. Let's say you're praying. When you're praying for someone... Here's a good rule of thumb. Don't ever put your hands on any place of their body that you would not put your hands on them when you're having a conversation. Herein is wisdom. The only time that you would want to put lay your hand on their head is when you is when the doctrine of laying on of hands is in effect. And that that is basically going to be if they are a seeker you're going to have to help them with understanding of, hey, I'm about to lay my hands on you, and this is what's going to happen. You believe that with me. That's faith, right? Now, if they are uh, in church and you feel to lay your hands on them, uh, on their head, fine, no problem, right? But if, they're, if they are a guest or they're a visitor, it's not normal for you to go up and ask Brother McGuckian, throw your hand up on him and go, hey, how's business today? Did you get over that cold? Why, you got your hand on his forehead, <laughs> right? So does that make sense? You never, you, never, you never want to put the person that is seeking, you never want to put them at a disadvantage of where they feel uncomfortable. Go back one, one verse to 14.6, you want to profit them and the Greek word there is you want to make an advantage. So just like we know, we know what the devil's schemes are, we've got to know what God's schemes are and what the way that he advantages people, right? All right, so never, now, now we got it, right? So you're going to be in front, but you're, you're either going to be here or here. There we go. Yeah, most likely there, right? <clears throat> All right, so um, here's another one. Always, regardless of what goes on, this is whether it's someone that's been coming to church here that was raised here, right? Or whether they're the, whether it's the first time that they've ever been here. Here is something that we always want to leave the altar 
or a God encounter with thankfulness. Because if we've moved from point A to point B, anywhere along this, we want to be thankful for that. So at some point, when, you get, when we get done, we feel that burden lift, we get done praying. At some point, especially if you know each other, right, you're, you should say something like, hey, I think God's done something for you here today. Let's thank the Lord. Let's thank you. And, and that's not the, okay, yeah, yeah all right. Oh. No, you, you can praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for, thank you, Lord, what you've done in Jacob's life in moving him. Thank you for the faith. Thank you for the grace. <clears throat> praise God. That's a lot, that, it, that's a lot better place of going on to the next place when you, when you define that place. Just think of it as a battle for your faith. When you've taken the territory to get from A to B, when I get to B, I want to thank God. I want to declare to everybody that I've gotten to point B. I'm not at point A anymore, Brother Gross. I'm at point B. And now I'm not going back to point A. I'm going on in faith. So we always, we always want to create that, that thankfulness because what that does is that's going to situate and settle us in the spirit of what God has done to increase our faith. And that doesn't matter whether it's, it does, it, it is completely irrelevant of whether it's someone that is first time through the, through the door or they've been here before the building was built. Praise God. We always want to, we always want to leave a God encounter with thankfulness. Uh, here, this is in the form of a question. We always want to confer, confirm a seeker's faith, and with that, what we're talking about is you never really want to tell someone, hey, you got the Holy Ghost. Now, why is that? Because I've seen, I've seen this happen where there's a a little trickle going on right now now biblically let me tell you, let me tell you biblically and the stance of Antioch amen the very first syllable that he speaks in an unknown tongue he is born again praise god the first sound that he makes that he doesn't understand he's born again I appreciate the three people that have given, four people that give me a good Baptist head. When you're, anybody a parent in here, I can tell you the first, when they, when they screamed out, that was the first time that you knew, okay, they're here. Right. When they made a sound. So the very first time that, that you hear someone that they speak in an unknown tongue, they are born again. Now, let me tell you my personal experience, okay? Knowing now, Trashir, what I know, I got the Holy Ghost probably about two weeks before I claim that I got the Holy Ghost. Anybody else in here kind of that same way? Because I, I okay, thank you. Thank you, Prasad's. It's just us three. We'll, t- we'll talk amongst ourselves, right? Because what was going on, it, it had been 
it had been years since the church that I was attending had prayed anybody through to the Holy Ghost, so there wasn't anybody aligned or whatever they were doing. They here, I'm, you, you got I know you're big, right? But just work with now. Pushing back. Thank you, Jesus. This was my altar, right? For for probably. Y'all don't know this because you don't have the pleasure of being of being in any southern churches. But this is an alt- this is a good apostolic altar call right here. Praise the Lord. Well, okay, I'm gonna stop. So don't fall this way. You are heavy, big boy. <clears throat> so uh, there's about two weeks before that that when they when they were pushing me around that on the backside I realized what was going on. Because I was praying, and I was like, man, my tongue's thick. I can't talk. I can't talk. Right? And then once I got the Holy Ghost, it was like the Lord was like, hey, do you remember? I was like, oh, okay. So October 22nd is the day that I've got it circled on my calendar, right? But it was really probably about October 10th that I had that first initial break that first initial sound that first initial syllable now if someone would have been so unwise when you pushing back and forth you're big enough to where that when I got done on this rattling around and one of them would have said hey you know what praise God I heard you speak in tongues you you've got the Holy Ghost now you know what I would probably the same thing that you would have done What's the big deal? Well, let's just be honest. Right? But the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow a river of living water. So the proper thing to do is, is that whenever you're, whenever you're working with someone and you, and you hear them talking in tongues, so he's talking in tongues, you don't, yeah, okay, right, right. All right, now he's done. And we say, and, and what are we, what's the first thing that we get, that we're going to do whenever he gets through praying? We're going to thank God for what he's done, right? So thank God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He gets done. We're looking at each other and I'm going to ask him, Hey, did you understand everything that was coming out of your mouth? No, I, I didn't either. Do you know what the Bible says about that? The Bible says that he that speaks in an unknown tongue, that that's the Holy Ghost that has flown through you. The Spirit of God has entered into you, and you've been born again. Isn't that wonderful? You have the Holy Ghost. Let's thank the Lord again for because we thanked God for what he did, right? But we got him to hear. But then when he admitted with his own mouth, I've heard myself speak in an unknown tongue, I'm not here anymore. I'm over here, and it requires a new thankfulness to be able to settle me in this new place of faith that God has put me in. And you can say, oh, well, that, you know, we're going to thank God twice. Well, let's thank Him three times. <clears throat> Why wouldn't you? For what God has done. So, almost in all instances, it is better to be able to ask the question of them did you understand? Don't, don't say this. Did you hear what was coming? Did you hear yourself talking in tongues? Because you might be dealing with someone that doesn't really understand the book, doesn't really understand scripture, and they have no clue as to what's going on. 
So that's the reason that the wise question is, did you understand everything that was coming out of your mouth? And then be able to get them to that place of faith, then memorize you a few scriptures out of the, out of the Bible to be able to help them understand what has happened to them. Just like Jacob said, you mean God is inside of me now? Yes, that is exactly right. The Spirit of God has entered into you. It's a supernatural experience, and the natural response of that of our flesh is that we speak in an unknown tongue. It's the very first time that you've spoken to God out of your soul and not out of your mind. Isn't that wonderful? Man, that's great. Let's lift our hands right now and praise God that God's filled you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You feel that faith? That's, that's the gift of faith working there, of being able to move someone from point A to point B. Praise God. All right, last one. Okay, so if you are speaking through revelation or prophesying, and there is a sound that you're about to make, meaning that there is a word that is about to come forth <clears throat> that is just for him, right? Please don't get up here with the megaphone and say, hey, God said <laughs> X, Y, Z, da-da-da-da-da, <laughs> right? Because... You never want to spread other people. I don't want my business spread around. And you're a fool if you want your business spread around. Praise the Lord. <laughs> so whenever there is a flow to where that there is something that is personal that's going to, that God wants to minister to, the thing that should be done, and I think I heard mention this, someone mentioned this a while ago, is that you ought to, you ought to come in a little close with them. Right, and if you've got something, just uh, do your uh, burden bearing here, right? And so, let me just show you how this would go. John's going to be praying. He's got a shoulder lined up, right? He comes in and gets the tap, right? He's going to move over, and then what I'm going to what I'm going to do is I'm going to move in, just like this, to where to where that I'm going to put my hand over him, and in some cases I'm going to lean him down. To where that what God is saying to him can only be heard by him. And one of the biggest mistakes that can happen when you are prophesying or you are, or you are allowing revelation to flow through you is that you put that word has no chance of getting in here because you've made them so uncomfortable by divulging something that they themselves would not divulge to someone else. And at that point, what you are doing is you are no, you are no longer uh, making a sound of where the gift is moving against love. I think we talked about uh, Aaron's robe, didn't we? That at, the end, that at the bottom of that, if you didn't have love, if you didn't have the pomegranates there, you would just have symbol against symbol, tinkling symbol with no love. But so what, lo, what you're doing is you're expressing love when you protect that person's privacy. 
when you're not protecting them, love, in the, it, protecting their privacy in the alternative, what you are doing is you're wanting everyone to see your gift and hear your gift. And those that are in leadership, when that happens, we walk past that and immediately know, hey, John's got some stuff that we got to work on here because he's, he's more interested in getting heard than ministering, than having a flow. So the always is and the never is uh, here is that you never want, you never want to minister something privately to someone. That, that they would not divulge to other people. Right? Praise God. Because when you do that, the, the, the great majority of people that you're trying to minister to, you will not be able to minister to them because, you, because you have broken a confidence with them. And there's no longer a trust. Thank you guys. Praise God. Everybody okay? All right. Good stuff. Let's lift our hands right now. Thank you, Jesus. Let's be thankful for the new place of faith. New place of word. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <clears throat> Praise God. Okay. All right. Y'all can be seated. I know it's you ready to run and shout, but you can be seated. Okay, we covered that. Praise the Lord. Um Give me Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 13. Paul writes, Neither is there any creature that is not... Well, that's the wrong scripture. Praise the Lord. Sorry, 16 can't read my own writing let us let us therefore you got it 16 Hebrews chapter 4 verse 16 thank you Jesus let us therefore come boldly <clears throat> into the in, unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in help uh, grace to help in time of need now, one of the things that we talked about was the, was defining what grace was. And so what grace is, is God's endless supply of what we lack to accomplish His will. Right? And the question came is, where do you get that definition from? Well, this is one of the main scriptures that, in fact, this is the first scripture of where that God spoke that definition to me in that uh, and the other statement that I made was was that God never responds to need. Never. God responds to faith. What we do as ministers is we understand and recognize what someone's need is, and we speak, we minister to them, we profit them, advantage them to a place that they have a faith of being able to receive what God has for them. Right, But God never responds to need. What grace is, therefore, uh, let us therefore come boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace uh, to help in time of need. The word need there in the Greek doesn't mean like, hey, I need a helping hand 
or it doesn't mean like I can't, I've fallen and I can't get up and I need some help. The Greek word there literally mean it, it basically means to have occasion, to have timing so that that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of our visitation or our occasion. And so what grace does, grace is what makes up the difference of where we are. It's the God's supernatural influence in our life for us to be able to do the will of God. The, the, the thing is, is that if you're truly trying to do the will of God, you can't do the will of God. Amen. I feel like I'm going to have to go a little bit deep there unless y'all really kind of get something back in the spirit here, right? I, you can't do, I can't do the will of God. I don't have the time. I don't have the talent. I don't have the resources. And the fact of the matter is, is that God in his infinite wisdom will always call you beyond a place of your current time, talent, and treasure. Always. Because unless he builds the house, he's going to tear the house down. And so he's always wanting you to come up a little higher. He's always wanting you to go a little deep, put your roots down a little bit deeper. And the fact of the matter is, is that where God calls you, no one has the ability within ourselves to be able to make that trip and be saved. So we need grace in every occasion of where that we talked about that offenses must come. And offenses must come because no person knows their own heart. If you've, if you've been in the church longer than 23 seconds, you've probably been offended. And the reason is, is because that's what God is doing to help reveal what is in your heart to be able to take you from A to B. And let me just tell you, no one has the innate ability to deal with an offense. You need supernatural grace in your time of occasion of when you finally realize that, hey, I'm offended in this situation, and I've got to take this to the altar. And when you take it to the altar, that's when grace shows up. I believe it was Pastor Wright uh, Sunday night that was teaching on grace. might have been Sunday morning. And he said something that was so profound. And that was uh, something along these lines that no one has a bank account of grace. Wasn't that wonderful? You only get, you only get grace when you're at A and you understand that I've got to go to B and grace only starts. You only get God's endless supply of what you lack to accomplish His will when you start moving towards God. If you're sitting here, if you're standing here, God help me, God help me, God help me, you're not, and you're not moving, there's no grace that's being active because let us therefore come. You've got to go to be able to get grace. You've got to move to be able to get grace. Praise God. So when we have this occasion, uh, 
for grace to show up in our life, that's when grace shows up. If there's never an occasion, if there's never a time of need of help, grace never shows up. But there's always, if we're listening to God and we're, we're understanding what God is wanting in our own individual lives, God is always calling us a little farther. He's always calling us to a second mile. He's always calling us to a deeper understanding of His Word. And all of those things take grace. It takes God's supernatural influence. Praise God. Glory. How are we doing on time? So that's where that, uh, the answer to that question is, that's where that definition came from. That's where the first time that God uh, covered that. Okay. I'm going to give you hope. I'm not going to close my Bible yet, but we're getting close. <clears throat> okay, uh, can you elaborate on be not conformed to this world uh, and the process of, of fire versus rust? So Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 and 2, can you quickly give that? Verse 2 says, <clears throat> uh, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. <clears throat> the, the word conform there, the Greek word, is a, uh, it's a compound Greek word. And basically what it means to, what it means when you put it all together is to, is to become the fashion or the likeness of what you are touching. Meaning that the more that I am in touch with the world, the more I become like the world. And this is the reason, let me, let me see law and give you the wisdom here, is that probably 95%, Sister Spriggs, of the things that people deal with, that Christians deal with, 95% of the, of the people in this room do not deal with sin on a daily basis. Amen? I mean, nobody's out murdering or whatever. But what we deal with, what God requires us, what our time of visitation, what our time of occasion about is weight. And so what weight is, another way to say weight is how much, if to define what weight is, it's how much I've got that I'm in touch with this world, this age that affects me. And the more that I'm in touch with them, the more that I become like them, then what happens is, is that the energy, the energy that God should, that should be applying, the grace that God should be applying and flowing through me to minister to others is now being directed and focused on me trying to let go of that weight. And so the process, I think we talked about that, uh, the process of fire and rust is the exact same chemical reaction, right? Didn't we? Yeah. And the process of oxidation, the only difference between starting a fire on the altar or dying of rust on the altar is how much you've got in contact with the world. Because the heat that should be building that fire because you've got so much, your fashion, you've got so much contact with the world, all of that grace goes to, to help, try to help you separate what you've become like that's not like God. 
a.k.a. this world. Praise God. So the way that we are conformed or that we are conformable to this world is that we spend our time, talent, and treasure on worldly things. And when we do that, we, fr- we in, of, in effect, we frustrate the grace of God because the grace that should be flowing through us into other people, into the kingdom, now is having to flow through us just to keep us saved. Praise God. Well, I feel some light. I, I just, I kind of feel the spirit of revelation sweep over there. That you're, you're not, most, most of what we deal with is not sin. Most of the time what we deal with as Christians is how much world that we've subtly let into our lives. Praise God. You can, I think it was Pastor Wright talking about, you know, the commercials. And, and let, me, let me just let you understand something. Let me give you, let me open some understanding for you, right? Lucifer is subtle. And, and the way that he is subtle, you can go back to the Garden of Eden. The most subtle lie starts with the truth. And what Pastor Wright was talking about was that there was, there was what started out as truth that you start to see interracial couples on advertising. That was truth. That there's no there's no there's no biblical basis for there, there's none of that and so it, the devil the the adversary the antichrist started with truth, <laughs> but the subtleness of that is is that it once it started with that well then it became that spirit moved on to the next thing which was gay mar- or uh, gay and lesbian. And now we've got so many letters and signs and symbols or whatever. I don't need, I gotta Google it every other day to figure out what, what it is that, you know, that people are talking about. LGBTQT, ABC, QRST. I'm like, my God, that's the alphabet. Praise the Lord. The whole thing plus the symbols on the keyboard. Because subtleness, what happens was subtleness begins with truth. And then once, once that subtleness gets in, it begins to corrupt. And begin to change truth. And speak to you a lie that, hey, there's more than just two genders. Dig someone up from a hundred years and you're going to call them either male or female. You will not, if, if you do some testing on them, a hundred years. So anybody, anybody, you can just praise the Lord. This is going out all, all here, here's my stance. If you consider yourself to be a member of the LGBTQT plus dot question mark, whatever it is, that community, a hundred years after you die, when they dig you up, they will not be able to tell what letter you were. Selah. Subtleness. That's, that's what the devil does. Praise God. All right, uh, whew, I believe we have come to the end. One page left. Uh, can you elaborate on covering and Lucifer deception as being the covering angel? 
Uh, all right. I'm going to try to cover this really quickly, and uh, we'll see how far this goes. Uh, this, was, this was probably the most frequent question that I got, and I got probably 20 texts about, I've never heard that, da 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 et cetera, et cetera. So here, here is, let me, first and foremost, let's get Ezekiel chapter 28 uh, on the board here, and verse 11. Okay. All right, thank you. Ezekiel 28 and 11. Praise the Lord. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, there we go, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say to him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sun, some, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in booty, perfect in beauty. Musicians come. <clears throat> you know Brother Mike can make a joke, right? It's fine. He was perfect in beauty. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis, topaz, the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets and thy pipes were prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. So earlier in this, in this chapter, it talks about that Lucifer was the anointed cherub that covereth. And what covering is in the Old Testament is that the Hebrew word for covering means basically to intertwine, right? And the, the easiest way for you to understand this is, is that whenever you're covering something, you're, you are the, that covering basically makes the boundaries around it as well as over it. And that's what a covering does in your life. A covering actually keeps, it allows you to have boundaries uh, to help you set those boundaries in your life as well as the covering. Now, very quickly, cover, the word covering here uh, is the fact that uh, is used that there were stones, all of these jewels were part of Lucifer's body. And it says that it was his covering. Now, in verse, uh, go back up ver, uh, 1, verse 12. There's this phrase here, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum. <clears throat> now, here is, this, this, is the, this is the place, Chester Nathaniel, where God begin to really dip. I, I read this one day and I was like, sealest up the sum. What in the, what in the world, right? So if you do a word study here, what you're going to find is, <clears throat> is the word sealest in the Hebrew means to confirm, means to confirm. And the word sum is also translated in the Hebrew and other places, brother Bray, as the pattern. 
meaning that Lucifer was the anointed cherub that confirmed the pattern. <laughs> I see some I see a few people just went, "Oh. Now what is the pattern?" Well, a few people went, "Okay, I see the pattern." The pattern is next verse is you'll find all of these jewels. Well, if you go to the ephod, you will find these same jewels, the same pattern. Now, I'm not saying that this is uh, doctrine. If anybody, if Bishop Wright, uh, Pastor Wright, Brother uh, Barr teaches any different, they're right and I'm wrong, okay? But prior to the ephod and the Ark of the Covenant, Lucifer was the pattern. And he fell. Because he wanted to be like God. He wanted to ascend and be like God. But he was the morning star. And so what he did was, one of the things that Lucifer did was that every morning he imaged God. So his wings would come up and cover what I believe was the front part of these jewels. And then the light of God would come and reflect off of those jewels. And this is the way that he was perfect in beauty, is that he was a perfect, beautiful replica, uh, uh, reflection of God's light. And so what happened was, whenever he said, I'm going to be like God, and I'm going to ascend in the Garden of Eden, what happened was, was that God, when he cursed Lucifer, what was the curse that he cursed Lucifer for? He said, on your belly, you're going to go. Oh, that's right. So if all of these jewels are on the front of him that is imaging God, the curse was not that he was going to eat of the sand. The curse was, you're no longer going to reflect my image. <laughs> I feel the spirit of revelation right now. That curse actually got him down on the ground to where that God could no longer reflect. And then what happened was, was that when God gave instructions for the mercy seat, for the covering, instead of one angel, he used two. Because God is one. And when there was one angel that reflected God, he could, he could subtly tell some people, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ascend and I'm gonna be like God. But when there's two, every angel in heaven, the, the, the devils know that there's one God and tremble. And so what, what God did with the mercy seat is that he put two angels that would cover to where that when he, when he, manifested himself underneath that covering, that there was no way that either one of those angels was going to be able to steal his glory. So the curse was not about you're going to eat the dust. The curse was that you're no longer going to be able to reflect my glory. He was the, he was the, he was confirming the pattern, Brother Bray. And then when the ephod came along, that confirmed the pattern even more so, and I'm not going to cover it tonight, but there will come a day 
when this body, this corruptible body, will put off corrupt, boy, I feel the Holy Ghost for a second right here, will put off corruption, and we'll put on something that's incorruptible. And when we put on something that's incorruptible, I believe that we are going to, that we're going to bring that pattern full circle and that we will perfectly reflect the presence and image of God. Praise God. And that's why we, that's why we strive to do, to do more, to be closer to God, because the more we're closer to God, the closer that we become to that reflection. Now, we don't have time for it tonight, but that's why, that, I believe that's the reason in the New Testament, Brother Mallory, where Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which was lost. Not who, that. And what he lost was the ability to reflect or image himself in Lucifer. Praise God. So here it is, this covering that he is the anointed cherub. He knows what that image looks like. He knows what anointing feels like. And so when we don't allow forgiveness to flow in our life, what, what he does is he comes in, forgiveness pulls the cover off of everything that we've been forgiven for. When we are unforgiving, when we will not forgive, the Bible says that it pulls off everything that we have been forgiven for. It removes the cover. So what Lucifer does is he comes in and he provides that covering in an imitating fashion. Matter of fact, you, you can go to Second uh, Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 14, and you'll see there that he transforms himself into an angel of light. His ministers, you read that it's talking about the, those that minister the word of God that they, that they lose out on righteousness because he has deceived them. So when he comes in and, and provides that false covering, that fake covering, then what was a boundary, he's allowing that boundary to go out a little bit farther, subtly. Praise God. The last thing that uh, I'll say about this is, did we put 2 Corinthians? Yeah. The last thing that I'll say about covering is, is this, is that in the Old, in the Old Testament, there's this thought of intertwining, of, of, of uh, taking uh, thread or yarn or flax and, and weaving it together, Right? And when you are truly covered, what happens is, is that you become a part of what you are covered with. Now, the covering is where God manifests himself. God always manifests himself underneath a covering. And that's why it's, that's the main reason that we want to have a covering in our life. But when you intertwine yourself with that covering, what happens is, is that is that you become a part of that. Now, we have in our midst probably one of the people that could speak to this more than anyone because her and her husband have ministered to ten, hundreds of, th- I don't know, millions of people probably. That's, that's true. Do- Please join me for Sister Brosbach. 
But I, I guarantee you that you could think, even in a foreign land, that there are a lot of people that when they preach or teach, they preach or teach like Ted Grossbach, I would suspect. One of the biggest compliments that I ever got, uh, it wasn't too long after I had got here, I went to preach somewhere, and they didn't really know me. I didn't know, you know, really didn't know them. And uh, guy, and the guy was serious. He came up to me afterwards. He said, I didn't know that Chester Wright had a third son. <laughs> well, here I am. <laughs> I didn't say that. I came clean. And uh, I've got it on pretty good authority. And I'm going to let, let the, if, if this isn't right, you take care of it when you get home, right? But <clears throat> someone to my left said, well, you know what? Brother Mott travels a lot. Well, he's not around as much as what he is, but because Brother Isaac Middleton and Brother Michael McGurk were teaching, it's like, but, you know, he really is around, even though he's not around, because there's an intertwining. Now, if that's not right, you take it up with him, Sister Lacey Middleton, right? But but there's an intertwining to where that when you're you're part of that covering, that you become, you become like that covering. It's, it is not marker, it is not mockery to where that when I hear someone at the altar basically repeat exactly what I've taught about how the gift of faith works, that is not, that is not imitation. That is a covering at work. Praise God. Let me say that again. That's not someone trying to reach out. That is covering an authority at work because it sounds exactly, the words are the same. It's exactly the same. The cadence is the same. It's, it's almost as if I was going to walk down and pray for that person. That is the result of intertwining and covering. And the way that you, the most prominent way that you know that you are actually underneath a covering is because you'll look at yourself and see who you're covered by. And the more you intertwine with yourself, you'll figure out that you preach like them, that you teach like them. One of the, one of the funniest things, okay, so you guys by now, you know that I'm, I am a student of people. I love watching people. Even when you do the pyramid burden building, you got 18, that's just, that's awesome, right? One of the funniest things, I've never told this publicly, Brother Vernell Spriggs, this will hit home for you. <clears throat> we went to Youth Congress uh, back when I was a young guy. That was funny. Still young. <laughs> and... We were coming out of the Nashville uh, Convention Center, right? Had left, and we had uh, uh, finished up service, and there was probably—I don't remember—there were two. But I know that there that br- brother Spriggs, elder brother Spriggs, there were two coach buses. I think there was like eighty kids. Uh, Yolanda, you, you, it was the trip that you guys baptized somebody in the swimming pool that you called me at 2 o'clock in the morning like, hey, we found a truck driver down. I'm like, hey, baptize him. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praying through. And uh, <laughs> K- 
Kevin, we were, we left there and I was in the back herding, you know, cats in the thunderstorm trying to count to 81, right? Sister Johnson and Pastor Wright and Sister Angie were up ahead. They were, they were ahead of us, right? Now, anybody know who this is? You can, it's, we can be real here. He's at, he's at, uh, come on, pastor, right? I looked and there were about 40 guys. Now look, you can laugh at it, but I'm telling you the truth because what gets on the inside of you and what you cover yourself with will be reflected on the outside. Because I saw about 40 guys with the same little bump, the same little bop, the same little strut. And it was all because what they had done, Sister Brown, is they had gotten a hold of that, that covering. They had intertwined in that covering because when they did it, when they walked, they walked like him. When they talked, they talked like him. When they ministered, they preached like him. Because that's what a covering does. It intertwines with you both on a physical and a spiritual, but mostly what it does is it intertwines in your spirit and what's in your spirit gets reflected out into your flesh. Praise God. Let's stand right now. Thank you, Jesus. Aren't you glad for a covering? Hallelujah. Let's just thank the Lord. Let's put a certain thing in practice. Let's thank the Lord. For his word and for the spirit of revelation and for a covering. Thank you, Jesus, for your goodness, your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for the spirit of revelation. Thank you for your word, God. Thank you for what you've done here in this place, God. We give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, let's just, let's let the Holy Ghost flow for here for just a minute. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, God, I am so thankful. I am so thankful, Lord. In the name of Jesus, Father, let your grace advantage each one of us, God. Let your grace advantage this church, Lord. Let it profit your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, Father, let this word be mixed with faith that it would profit us individually, that it would profit our families, that it would profit this church, that it would profit your kingdom. In the name of Jesus, 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 the name of Jesus, God bless you. Thank you for uh, enduring to the end tonight. Greet someone in Jesus' name. Safe travels home. God bless you.